This is the Wits End Podcast. So awesome, it'll blow your face off. So strap your face on and let's go. And here's your hosts, Bren and Matt. Hello everyone, I'm Matt. And I'm Bren. Welcome to, uh, whoa, wait a minute. You stole my line. I usually open the podcast. Well, I thought we needed a change. It's kind of nice, don't you think? Uh, uh, well, to be honest, uh, uh, never mind. I'm not going there with witnesses around. I mean, uh, welcome to episode 70 of the Wits End Podcast. And I could go into how I never dreamed of making it into the podcast this far, but, uh, it's already going to be a jam-packed podcast with two reviews, so yeah, listeners might want to take a bathroom break before listening. <laughs> or they could just uh, pause the episode. Well, that's true, too. I had an interesting night tonight before we get into reviews. Uh, I went to a local Christian bookstore, Mardell's, and I got something interesting for my Adventures in Odyssey collection. Hmm. Was it the action figures? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, they don't sell those anymore. Album 54. Wow, good job. You got that right. Album 54. And I also picked up a copy of the Blacker Chronicles. And uh, speaking of album 54, I believe a birthday boy got album 54 recently. I sure did. A couple weeks ago was my birthday. So now we both have it. Awesome. But I have resisted the urge, and I'm going to listen along with the radio. Is that what you're going to do? I'm going to try to anyway. That's my game plan. I'm going to have to go back and listen to some of the previous ones, listen to some of the old ones that they've already aired. I want to hear the full version. So, a couple weeks ago, A Penny Saved aired. That was the second um, episode of the season. So what would you think? I thought it was great, and it was nice to hear what was going on post-Green Ring Conspiracy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we have a guilty Dr. Trask, and we know that the trials of Archie and others will continue. So that was a nice angle. Yep. And it was quite nice to detect the pole house to treat Wooten and Connie to a treat at Wits End. Um, so the thing about that um, is that Connie has a usual. Like, you'd think if she had a usual, we would know what it was. <laughs> but, um, yeah. of course, that was put in really specifically for the joke of Wooten ordering both of their usuals with extra licorice or whatever, which was kind of funny, but just, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, all the years and now Connie has a usual order? But yeah, it was nice of him to take him to wit's end. Uh, call it pure speculation, but maybe her usual is Raspberry Ripple. It's possible. Or a wide fam chalk side. <laughs> so yeah, that kind of reminded me of times when various baseball teams have won a game like the Odyssey Coyotes and they would come in to celebrate. Yep. The good old days. It's the good old days. Oh no, stop. We're not gonna, I'm not gonna sing. Please don't. Uh, Was that a swap at my singing? It sure was. (laughs) You just took a swap at my singing? I did. Oh man, now I'm gonna have to hurt you after the podcast. Um, (laughs) anyway, I thought Wooten in this episode was, uh, was misused. I don't know if I can be negative. Overall, I, I wasn't terribly impressed with this episode. Um, as you know, it had some kind of good parts of wrapping up 53 and whatever, but or continuing 53. But Wooten, uh, I mentioned in the last episode, in the last the review of Wooten knows best that I liked the way Wooten was used there, service supported role. But in this one, um, it was like half of what he said was a cheap joke. Um, it was almost like a bad vaudeville act or something, where the kinds of petty puns that 
aren't really meant to be laughed at. And uh, a few of them were, fun were funny, but to me it was a bit over the top, um, just kind of overkill of, of Wooten sort of digging away from what should have been a little more serious plot. Um, for example, when he's being interviewed about this big federal um, court case about counterfeiting and he says something about the size of the judge's gavel or something, it's like, uh, that's kind of not the place to use Wooten in such a fashion. And it's actually interesting, uh, you mentioned the last review. In the last review, you kind of liked Wooten, and I kind of didn't like Wooten, and uh, now you're kind of bashing Wooten a little bit, or his comedy, and I actually liked it. I enjoyed the comment about counterfeiting without anyone watching the counter. I thought that was kind of funny, actually. That one was a little funny. Yeah, that's kind of like they had to do with Nick. They, the fan community was always joking about them leaving Nick when Connie had to go somewhere or whatever. By the way, Odyssey writers, we should definitely have another employee at Woodson. I'm still an advocate of that. I love Nick being there. And it's really unrealistic that three, two and a half, three people can run a whole soda shop. So hire somebody with I thought that... Uh, there's an interesting similarity between Penny after the Green Ring Conspiracy and Mitch after Novacom. They both had very similar experiences in after these big, you know, crimes took place in Odyssey, uh, they had trouble getting jobs. No one would hire them because they were actually the good guys who, you know, ratted on the bad guys, but nobody wanted to hire a, a snitch, basically. Uh, so that was just sort of an in interesting, very, very similar um, problem that they were having after putting away their respective bad guys. <laughs> yeah, and that story was actually the benefit of the doubt in album 39. Yes. Yeah, that's the one with Mitch after Novacom where he's trying to get a job and no one will hire them. We'll hire him. Um, did you catch the line where Wooten was talking about like protecting Penny, how he wanted to lock her up or whatever to, to protect her? Um, and Connie mentioned something about love, and Wooten got all nervous about... I didn't mention the word love, did I? Like, as though he, he liked Penny. Did that seem strange to you? Not really. Honestly, I thought it showed his sweet and caring side, which is something I loved about Wooten in the early days. Yeah, a little bit. But it, it seemed to me like, okay, you're just going to bring this up and then leave it there. They didn't really talk about it in any way. But I guess, when I thought about it, I guess Penny sort of is Wooten's type, if, he, if Wooten has a type. Yeah, that big word, if. And, and speaking of, of her character, she reminds me of Felicia, um, Jimmy's girlfriend in Washington, D.C., from Living in the Gray, um, in that she's sort of a ditz, uh, not being able to <laughs> open her hatch, finally realizing that the button did it. Um, she's probably not the brightest character in Odyssey, but I suppose Odyssey's had its fair share of geniuses between Eugene and Nicholas Adamsworth and Trent DeWight. <laughs> Seems like most people are above average intelligence. Matthew Parker, Witt, Jason. So <laughs> maybe we could use a few more not-so-smart people. Um, well, and then the thing about, about Penny living in her car, um, I kind of wondered, does she have a family? Like, you would think that, uh, that her family, you know, she could go stay with her family. Um, but we really don't know anything about Penny's past. Uh, we, you know, we know she's a, she just sort of, sort of showed up as a student at Campbell County College, or whatever it's called now. 
but yeah, so I thought, I don't know, maybe she comes from a broken home or something, but we really don't know much about her past, but apparently her only real friends in Odyssey are the gang at Wits End, so she must be, you know, maybe 53, she had just moved to town or whatever, but it just seems sort of weird that she would be living in her car. Yeah, and we have a, a couple of more episodes to explore that this season, we have a Penny Earn and Childish thing, so maybe we'll learn more about Penny's past. And uh, obviously, when the officer went to his car, he called in the detective pole house. It might not have been obvious to some people, but it was obvious to me. I figured that's who he was calling, even before the line with Connie Witt and Wooten. But with that whole taking her to jail thing, that was bad to me. Like, first of all, terribly unrealistic. First of all, can a police officer really just take someone to jail, seeming as though they're arrested, even though they never committed any crime? Because, uh, like, when she was asking for her rights and stuff, he, he seemed all super serious, especially with the music in that scene. But then, really, it was, like, all a joke. <laughs> like, it just seemed like a police officer would not act that way. That didn't seem like a professional thing to do. And speaking of ways police officers shouldn't act, what was the whole party in jail about? Uh, that seemed very weird to me. I was just like, what is going on? Uh, very unrealistic and <laughs> almost a whole David Harley uh, thing there is what it made me think of like what are these cops doing getting paid to patrol the streets and they're drinking raspberry soda what in the world so I didn't like that at all it seemed weird well well in my opinion my take on that if you think about it I mean sure someday we will get jobs of our own or whatever there still may come a time when we're in the same room with Phil Lawler and we might want to have a party there. But that's not jail. <laughs> that, but a, did a police officer randomly take us to jail, making us think we were arrested even though we never really were? And all the cops we're partying with are on duty and not doing their job? Good point. And I enjoyed the ending of that scene with Wooten. I thought that was kind of funny myself, with them trying to think of a reason to stay there for licorice. I loitered once. In a, well, in a construction zone. Not enough. While, while my license was expired. Get out. So yeah, I thought that was great. And uh, I also enjoyed that Connie takes Penny in. Of course, we knew that from reading the summary of a Penny Earned. And in a great conclusion to his trial, Dr. Trask will serve 25 years in prison. So what'd you think of that? Uh, I hope he can change, I suppose. I mean, I, I don't know about they're all so happy about his... I don't, I don't like it when people in real life celebrate... You know, oh, justice has been served. Yeah, so. Oh, it did seem like a very quick sentencing, though, from what little I know about the court system. I don't know, maybe it get, we don't know how much time passed during the episode, but. And we don't know how, lo how much time has passed between this, between the Grinnell Conspiracy Part 12 and uh, now. I mean, within the episode, because at the beginning, he's found guilty, and then he's put up for sentencing how long he's going to spend in prison. And then they could, they decide that that's 25 years very quickly because it's two separate trials. Well, it's not. It's it's whatever they call it. Yeah, and the last scene with the picnic was a nice look back on having 53. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah, sort of continuing the story, the picnic that they never got to have. <laughs> and looking at that and looking over at the compound and Dr. Trask's house, I just felt like a nice bookend to me. So, should we rate it? Yeah, go for it. Well, I was quite unimpressed. I mean, it wasn't awful, and there were a few sort of good parts. Um, and I'm definitely listening in, but there wasn't anything too 
crazy awesome about this episode. So I'm going to give it two and a half out of five. Well, I'm going to go a lot higher than that because I thoroughly enjoyed this episode and I'm going to give it a five out of five stars. Wow. <laughs> That's quite the difference. So another high rating from me. So the next episode is The Amazing Loser. And I know that like me, you have a background in music. Well, a little bit of background anyway. However, mine is more piano related. So uh, what did you think of this? I think I'm sure you'll have a lot of insight onto this. Well, I do have at least a little... I don't really think of myself as a musician. <laughs> but I've played trombone for quite a while. Uh, like Barrett, right? Um, and so the first thing that caught me my attention right off the bat was Wits End is holding a band camp? Like, what? Um, I guess people think of band camps as being like a horse camp or whatever, kind of summer camp. Um, but really, a band camp, at least in this part of the country, uh, when you say a band camp is what a marching band, a marching band does, they spend a, a week or whatever in the summer to prepare their show uh, for that fall, for that football season and marching band competition season. So this was really more sort of a a music-themed camp for uh, kids and such, which, okay, I guess, just seemed strange to have a band camp in the little theater, but okay. Um, but the other thing is, what is Jay Smoosh doing there? <laughs> I never quite figured that out. Like, he had some joke about playing the triangle, but... He doesn't play an instrument, does he? <laughs> uh, well, that's another weird thing on the, uh, course, it's probably has to do with the overall name of the album, but they've got him playing a cymbal in the album art, but yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think he was just there for comical relief. Just to, uh, <laughs> make fun of the other kids, maybe? I guess so. Yeah, he did have some funny lines in his ignorance. <laughs> so, some obvious, uh, similarities... Um, to the treasure hunt, of course, but with this music theme, which seemed to me like sort of, uh, you know, it could have been themed on anything, and music seems like, at least this, you know, not music in general, but this is more like, you know, concert band music. Um, it's, it seemed like some people, you know, aren't really, uh, can't really identify with that because they're not experts in music. Um, but they have done 700 episodes, so I guess now they do a, a music-themed show. Um, which, you know, whatever, since really the only thing that was used for was the subject matter of the the, the scavenger hunt itself, the uh, questions, clues. I did like the way that it ended with the whole penny, um, and he had spent it on, <laughs> he had spent it on a uh, victory gumball. So I like I liked that whole thing with the... Uh, they had the question wrong. The fun conclusion. Yeah, and the girl with the shoes kind of reminds me a lot of Samantha McKay. Yeah. Yeah, she did a little bit. But the thing I didn't quite get about her was, why did she have to be not actually poor? I didn't quite see how that 
was necessary for the plot. Um, like if she would have been actually needing the shoes, uh, it, it might have even been a little better in that, okay, I lost the game, but I did this good thing, and then, oh, well, they end up winning. But it just seemed like I don't. I didn't really understand why that was necessary. Any other uh, thoughts on this episode? Uh, yeah, and the well, at the very end, like Chris's wrap up, um, I really appreciated the theme of this episode. First John three seventeen is actually one of my favorite verses. Um, so I thought it was really cool to look at beyond just First Corinthians thirteen of describing the characteristics of love, talking about the importance of really putting love into action um, in this in this cool way. In First John 3.17, uh, if any man has material possessions and sees his brother in need that has no pity on him, how can he say the love of God is in him? Uh, it's really kind of a rough verse. Like, we're all so guilty of that. Like, ouch. But, uh, but yeah, really kind of a cool, different way of looking at this concept of love. So I'm, I'm continuing to enjoy the theme of the album, and uh, especially appreciated this lesson. Do you have any final thoughts, or should we rate it? Let's rate it. And I'm going to give this episode a 3 out of 5 stars. I didn't care for it as much as A Penny Saved. I had kind of hoped to have more uh, information that I could actually relate to as far as music, so that kind of lowers my rating a little bit, which will probably surprise some listeners, because I usually don't give low ratings. That's right, you don't. I am also going to give it a 3 out of 5. You know, with both of these episodes, it wasn't that they were awful. It wasn't like, oh, what are you doing You know, to that character? You're ruining Odyssey for me or anything like that. Um, but they, both of them just weren't terribly exciting to me. They had a few maybe funny lines or whatever, but they, the stories just didn't really grab me. Um, uh, definitely... I think the best episode of the season so far was, was uh, the first one, Wooten Knows Best. Um, so, they, I mean, they weren't awful, and I'll listen to them again, but just kind of very mediocre, nothing too special about either one of them. So we'll hope that, um, that uh, episodes improve throughout the season, but there's still nine more episodes. So. And so, hopefully you won't have to wait too long to hear our review of anger Management, unless there's a flood of some sort, or some natural disaster that puts us off, which we will hope doesn't happen. Yeah, we'll hope. Yeah, but before we go, I was listening to a podcast recently, and they talked about how important feedback is for us podcasters, which is a very good point. I, for one, like to know if people are enjoying the show, because honestly, that is what drives me to continue, because it just uh, gives me the sense that I'm actually doing something that people are enjoying, and it makes me want to do it more. And with that said, I am thankful for Jeremy. Since we have switched to the .com, we have received a couple of emails from Jeremy. And among some of the comments he has said, he enjoys the podcast and the interviews. And he also calls himself a loyal listener, which is always great. We need loyal listeners as we can get. Yeah, that's cool. And if you would like to leave us a comment, pay close attention to what Matt has to say. Well, you can visit our fan page on Facebook, which uh, I... <laughs> might not uh, comment on or whatever, but I'm sure Brendan will. Uh, or, of course, you can send us an email at questions at thewepodcast.com. So until next time, remember that the best is yet to come.
The Wits End Podcast is a presentation of Regis Blackbeard. For more information, check out the wepodcast.com or contact Regis Blackbeard on the TOO. You know, Matt and I actually have some crazy times during recording, and this episode was no exception. From his dog barking to us having to re-record the episode a second time. And yeah, we kind of got crazy at the end, so here's a little snippet of that. Also, well, never mind, go ahead. Uh, what? No, go ahead. Go ahead. No! <laughs> no, you go ahead. See, now we're all lost. Focus. <laughs> I'm trying to lighten this up a little bit.